In the previous verse and in these verses also, we will learn about the different covenants, the different promises that were taken from the Bani Israel. What does it mean by a promise, a covenant? What does it require a person to do? Okay, so you have to do something and the other has to do something in return as well. So in other words, a covenant, a promise, it binds you to some actions, meaning you have to perform those actions. You have to do those things. You are responsible for doing them. And if you don't do them, then you will be held accountable. Then you will be punishable. So we see that the Bani Israel, they had promised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they would do certain things. How are these promises taken? Through their messengers, through the prophets of Allah who were sent to them. So when they believed, they were made to promise that they would do certain things and they would refrain from certain things. And we see that even at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a person would accept Islam, he would do a bay'ah. A bay'ah with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa meaning a pledge of allegiance which required them to believe in Allah, to do certain things and to refrain from certain things. Because being a believer does not just mean that a person claims that he is a Muslim. We know that iman, belief in our religion does not just include affirmation, meaning that yes, I affirm the truthfulness of such and such. I accept this. No. It means that a person affirms, he accepts and he also submits. Submission is also necessary. So this is why from the Bani Israel, many different covenants were taken, meaning they were made responsible for doing certain things and from staying away from certain things. Because that is what Iman demands from us. So in this verse, we learn about another covenant that was taken from the Bani Israel. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَكُمْ And recall when we took your covenant. What's the root of the word mithaq? Well, saqaf. So وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَكُمْ When we took your covenant, what was it? That لَا تَسْفِكُونَ دِمَاءَكُمْ That do not shed your blood. لَا تَسْفِكُونَ We have done the word وَيَسْفِكُ الدِّمَاءَ سَفَكَ What does سَفَكَ mean? To spill, to shed, to cause something to spill. So سَفْكُ dam, Spilling blood is used for قَتْل It means to kill. Like the Prophet ﷺ said, that لا يحل لمرئ يؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر أن يسفك بها دمن meaning it is not permissible for a believing man for a believing person that he should kill another so لا تسفكون دماءكم you will not kill yourselves what does it mean by this you will not kill yourselves were they forbidden from committing suicide obviously but what it means by this is that you will not kill one another لا تسفكون دماءكم You will not spill the blood of yourselves, meaning of your own people, of each other. Because an ummah, a people, they are like a single body. Just like the Muslim ummah. What do we learn from the hadith? That we are like a single body. If a part hurts, then the other part also feels the pain. If one part gets injured, then the other also feels the pain. So لا تسفكون دماءكم Meaning do not kill your own people. Do not kill one another. This is just like as Muslims, we are forbidden from killing each other. We are supposed to respect the life and property of one another. At Hajjat al-Wada, at the farewell pilgrimage, the Prophet ﷺ, he was addressing the people and there were thousands of people before him and he asked them that which day is this, which month is this, which place is this, to make them realize the importance of what he was going to say, that look, this day is Yawmun Nahr, the day of sacrifice. 
right? After the Hajj. It is the month of Dhul Hijjah, the sacred month when killing one another is absolutely forbidden, when disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is absolutely unacceptable. And this is the sacred city, city of Makkah, which is a sacred place. And then he reminded them that just as this time and just as this place is sacred, likewise the blood of each other is also sacred. Just as you do not disobey Allah in this place, in this time, likewise you cannot even think about killing one another. The lives of one another, the properties, the honor of each other are all forbidden upon you. So the Bani Israel also were made to take the same covenant that لا تسفكون دماءكم You will not at all kill yourselves. You will not kill yourselves. This is not permissible for you to kill your own Muslim brothers and sisters. And secondly, the second clause of that covenant was وَلَا تُخْرِجُونَ أَنفُسَكُمْ And you will not expel yourselves. تُخْرِجُونَ إِخْرَاجْ خَرَاجِيمْ خَرَاجْ is to go out. So تُخْرِجُونَ to expel. So you will not expel who? أَنفُسَكُمْ yourselves. أَنفُسَكُمْ أَنفُس is the plural of nafs. You will not expel yourselves from where? مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ From your homes. Diyar is the plural of the word dar. And what does dar mean? Home. It's from the root letters dal wa ra. Dar yaduru is to go around. And if you think about it, the house, the dar is the place where you go around in. And for the sake of which you go around about. When you're in your house, constantly you're going around your house. Upstairs to downstairs to the basement and up again. And similarly, when you step out of the house, you go elsewhere, you work, you buy, you sell, whatever you do. Why? So that you can maintain your house. Sadara yaduru to revolve, to go around, and dar, the home is a place where you go around in and around about. So the Bani Israel were told, Wala tukhrijuna anfusakum min diyarikum. You will not expel yourselves from your houses. What does it mean by this? The same thing, that you will not expel one another, your own people, your own believing brothers and sisters from their houses. You will not evict them, you will not expel them, you will not drive them out of their houses. When are people made to leave their houses? When? In what situations? In what circumstances? At times of war. Like for example, a particular city is overtaken and that's it. People want to save their lives, they will leave. Or they're told, leave, otherwise any person who is seen will be finished. لا تخرجون أنفسكم من ديارikum. You are not allowed to expel each other from your houses. Because expelling someone from his house, from his country, it is a great crime. You know why? Because a person has to start his life, he has to begin his life all over again. He has to begin from scratch. And in the process, he undergoes so many difficulties as well. I'm sure you have heard of many stories in which people have had to leave their houses a day's notice, at half a day's notice, an hour's notice. And they leave to save their lives. I remember somebody was once telling us about how their grandmother, they used to live in a particular part of Kashmir, that is above Pakistan. And there is war over there since a very long time. Their village was being attacked and they knew that that's it. If we stay here, we're going to be killed. Now this lady, their grandmother, she was lame. She could not walk properly. And her husband had died already. And she had a few sons who were young. One was 11 years old, another was 13 years old probably. And imagine Kashmir is all mountains. And they walked on foot, carrying their mother, mountain upon mountain. Imagine going through the mountains without much at all. They had to walk all the way. And when they reached another city, they had to begin their life all over again. 
This is something that affects people so much that even their children, their grandchildren, even they feel the pain. I mean, this lady's granddaughter is the one who was telling me, she's never been to that place, she's never experienced such difficulty, but the way she was telling me that story, it was as though she had gone through that difficulty. So the Bani Israel were told, you're not going to expel one another from your houses. And some scholars, they have said, that expelling someone from their house is more difficult for them than killing them. Meaning if you kill a person, you're finishing their life. But if you expel a person from their hometown, from their home country, then it is torture for them every single day. They're constantly in pain. So the Bani Israel were told, you have to respect the life of each other and the property of one another. Promise that you will not kill one another and you will not evict one another from your houses. Allah says, ثُمَّ أَقْرَرْتُمْ And then you acknowledged أَقْرَرْتُمْ قَافْرَارَ It is from the word إِقْرَار And إِقْرَار is to acknowledge something, to accept something and to become firm on it. So أَقْرَرْتُمْ You acknowledged, you said that you were going to do this, you were going to live by this covenant. وَأَنْتُمْ تَشْهَدُونَ And you bore witness, تَشْهَدُونَ شِينْ هَا دَالْ Shahada. What does that mean? To bear witness. ثُمَّ أَقْرَرْتُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ تَشْهَدُونَ You confessed, you affirmed, you acknowledged, you accepted the promise, and you are a witness to this fact. Meaning this promise, this covenant, was not something that you forgot. Was not something that was not in effect anymore. No. It was effective. You had not forgotten it. You were supposed to observe it. You were supposed to live by it. But what did you do? ثُمَّ أَنْتُمْ Then, أَنْتُمْ, you all are هَاُولَاءِ Are these people. What are you doing? تَقْتُلُونَ أَنفُسَكُمْ You are killing yourselves. تَقْتُلُونَ قَتْلْ قَافْتَ لَامْ Which is to kill someone. تَقْتُلُونَ أَنفُسَكُمْ You are killing yourselves. How? That you are killing each other, your own brothers and sisters. وَتُخْرِجُونَ And you are expelling خَارَجِيمْ Who are you expelling? فَرِيقًا A group. فَرِيق is from the root letters. فَرَقَافْ You are expelling a group minkum of yourselves min diyarihim from their homes. Diyar plural of dar. So here you are, look at you, what are you doing? You made that promise, that promise you're supposed to live by it, you remember it, but still, look at you, you are killing one another and you're expelling one another from their homes. What are you doing? Tazaharuna, you all are assisting one another. Tazaharuna, zahara, zahar. Zahar means back. And tazahara is to back up one another. Meaning to assist one another, to help one another. So you are helping each other, alayhim against them. Against who? Against your own people. Meaning you join together against your very own people, how? Bil ismi with sin, wal udwan and transgression. Ism, udwan, what's the difference between the two? Ism is a sin, an act of disobedience, and this is like a sin against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, if a person drinks alcohol, what is this? Ism. Udwan is from Ain Dalwa, from the same root as Adu. Adu is who? Enemy. What does an enemy do? He transgresses against you. He crosses the bounds against you in causing harm to you. So Udwan is transgression. It is like injustice that is committed against people. So Ism is disobedience to Allah. Udwan is injustice, transgression, a sin that is committed against who? 
against other people. An example of udwan is, for instance, killing someone. Killing someone, is it a sin? Yes, it is. But at the same time, it is also injustice. It is also transgression. Similarly, expelling someone from their house, is that a sin? Of course, it's a sin because Allah has forbidden us from doing that. But secondly, it is also udwan, it is also transgression. So, تَظَاهَرُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِالْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدْوَانِ You're disobeying Allah in the process and you are also committing transgression against your own people. What is this referring to? You see the Bani Israel, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took this covenant from them. And this meant that the people present at that time, as well as the following generations, they were supposed to live by that covenant. For example, the Qur'an was revealed at the time of who? The Prophet wasallam, the Sahaba. Were they required to follow the Qur'an? Yes. Are we required to follow the Qur'an? Yes. Even 1400 years after, still, because we are Muslim, we are supposed to live by the Qur'an. Similarly, the Bani Israel, yes, their ancestors had made that covenant. However, it was a part of the religion. So the later generations were also required to observe it. Now, three tribes of the Bani Israel, they resided in Medina. Originally, where the Bani Israel from? Asham, from Palestine. But what happened was that many times they were attacked by others and they faced a lot of injustice from people. They were fought against, they were killed. So basically throughout time, they scattered all over the world. Why? In order to save themselves. So three Jewish tribes, they came and they resided where? In Medina. Why did they choose Medina? Because when they came into the area of Hijaz, and they saw Medina, it met the description that was given in their books of the place where the last messenger, their savior, was supposed to come. So from the entire area of Hijaz, they selected Medina, and they went and established themselves over there, because they knew that this is the very place where our last messenger, where the savior is supposed to come, and he is going to come, and then we're going to be victorious at his hands. We're going to follow him, he is going to lead us, and we're going to be victorious. So the three Jewish tribes, they came and they resided in Medina. Arabia, Medina, the city of Medina, which people lived there? Arabs. And Arabs, what was their religion? It was of shirk. So, originally, Medina was the home of who? Arab tribes. Now in Medina, Two Arab tribes used to live. I want you to take notes of this. So two Arab tribes used to live over there. One of them was Aus and the other was Khazraj. And the Jewish tribes that had come to Medina, Banu Nadir, Banu Quraida, as well as Banu Qaynuqar. Three Jewish tribes used to live in Medina. In Arabia, there was a tribal system. To survive, you had to make alliances with other tribes. First of all, you had to be a member of the tribe. You had to stick to your tribe. If you left your tribe, if you abandoned them, you're on your own. Nobody would protect you. Nobody would care for you. So people had to stick to their tribes. But tribes also, in order to be stronger, what would they do? They would establish alliances with other tribes. These days, what do we have? A government system, a main political system. If a person is in help, they will go to the police, they will go to the court, and whatever has to be done will be done. Similarly, if there is a battle or anything like that, the entire country participates. But if it's on a larger scale, then what happens? One country has alliances with another. 
So you can look at it this way, that in Arabia, you have to stick to your tribe, and at the same time, tribes would make alliances with other tribes in order to be stronger, in order to have more manpower, more strength, when fighting against other people or when protecting themselves. These Jewish tribes, when they came to Medina, obviously they had to make alliances with others, with the Arab tribes. So what happened was that these Jewish tribes, yes, on the apparent, they had the same religion, they were the same people, but in reality they were divided from within themselves. You can look at it this way. In Toronto, there are many Muslims. However, Muslims are also divided within one city. If one person goes to one masjid, he sticks to that masjid. He wouldn't even go to another. If a person goes to a particular institute, they will not even ever go to another. So on the apparent, same people, Muslims. However, from within, cut up, divided. The same was the case of the Bani Israel in Medina. On the apparent, Jewish people, but from within, divided. So what did the Jews do? They established their alliances with these Arab tribes. So Banu Nadir and Banu Quraidah. These two, they established their allies with the Aus tribe. Banu Nadir and Banu Quraidah. They had alliances with Aus. And on the other hand, Banu Qaynuqar, they had alliances with Khazraj. What does that mean? That if Aus went to war, then Banu Nadir and Banu Quraidah would go to war with them. You were like the same people. Now, Aus and Khazraj, they were great enemies of one another. They lived in the same city, but they were great enemies of one another. And they would have many, many wars, many fights amongst themselves. Five years before the Prophet ﷺ came, there was a major battle between Aus and Khazraj. A major battle. When Aus and Khazraj went to war, guess who went to war along with them? the Jewish tribes as well, their alliances as well. If Aus was fighting Khazraj, then what did that mean? That Banu Nadir and Banu Quraidah were also fighting along with them. If Aus was fighting against Banu Qaynuqar, then what did that mean? That Banu Nadir and Banu Quraidah were also fighting against Banu Qaynuqar. So you understand what's happening? Because of their friendship with other people, they were now going to war against their own people. It's like if a person is in an army of a particular country and if they go to war to another place, to another people, then he has to go. Why? Because he's a soldier. He has to go for that battle. So when he's going for that battle, he doesn't care who he's fighting against, whether the other person is of the same religion as his, is of the same background as his. Why? Because he's a soldier, he's supposed to fight whoever he's been commanded to fight. So in this way, the Bani Israel, what were they doing? Fighting against each other. In that process, what happened? They killed one another, and they also expelled one another from their houses. They destroyed the property of one another as well. Now this was clearly, clearly breach of the covenant that they had made with Allah. This was clearly going against the covenant that they had made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is reminding them that, look, what are you doing? Look at you, here you are. What are you doing? Killing your own people? And you're expelling your people from their houses? And what are you doing? You are assisting other people against your own brothers and sisters? 
you are assisting Aws and Khazraj against your own people. And in this process, bil ismi, you are committing sin against Allah, wal-udwan, and injustice against people. What are you doing? Look at yourselves. And then, what did the Bani Israel do? Allah says, وَإِيَّأْتُوكُمْ usara." And if they come to you as prisoners, يَأْتُوكُمْ hamzata ya. If they come to you, meaning your own people, your own Bani Israel, brothers and sisters, when they come to you as usara, usara is the plural of asir. And asir, hamza sinra, is used for a prisoner. If they come to you as prisoners, meaning as prisoners of war, you ransom them. Tufadu, fadalya, fidya. What does fidya mean? To give a fine and release someone. So for example, if someone is in jail, if someone has been caught by another, and they say, you give us this much money and we will let them go. So a prisoner of war. Bail is in a way temporary until the case is still going on. Many times it happens that when countries go to war, you know, they have prisoners of war from other people. And what they do is that you're supposed to give them a certain amount of money and as a result they will free your people. So when they come to you as prisoners of war, then what do you do? You ransom them. Because when the Bani Israel, when the Jews were brought to them as prisoners of war, obviously their own brothers and sisters, their leaders came and they said, look, you are supposed to free your own people. They are your Jewish brothers and sisters. Just like today people will say, they're your Muslim brothers and sisters. Okay, they are from a different country, however they are your own Muslim brothers and sisters. Same thing happened then. So they said, we have to give ransom for them and we have to free them. So they said, collect money, let's go give the money in order to free our own people. Allah says, what are you doing? Why did you fight them in the first place? Why did you evict them from their houses in the first place? Why did you have them as prisoners of war in the first place? You weren't supposed to do that. وَهُوَ مُحَرَّمٌ While it was forbidden, muharram, One that is haram, haramim. It was forbidden. عَلَيْكُمْ upon you إِخْرَاجُهُمْ Their expulsion. إِخْرَاجْ خَرَاجِيمٌ You were forbidden in the first place to evict them. Why did you evict them in the first place? You shouldn't have done that. You evicted them, they became prisoners of war, and now you go to free them? وَهُوَ مُحَرَّمٌ عَلَيْكُمْ إِخْرَاجُهُمْ So what were the Bani Israel doing in reality? Allah says, أَفَتُؤْمِنُونَ Then do you all believe? بِبَعْضِ الْكِتَابِ With part of the book. وَتَكْفُرُونَ And you all disbelieve بِبَعْضٍ With another part. Meaning you do whatever you want, and you leave out whatever you don't want to do? Because in reality, what were the Bani Israel doing? They were following parts of the covenant and they were disregarding other parts. They were commanded that first of all, you will not kill each other. Secondly, you will not evict each other. And that if your people are ever taken as prisoners of war, then you have to release them. So what did they do? They didn't follow the first two clauses and they followed the third. Why? Because the first two, killing each other and evicting each other from their houses, this was what? A means of strength for them, a means of success for them. Because they were helping their allies, they were helping their alliances, and as a result, they were being victorious. So they followed the third one. The third one was to ransom their own people. Why were they struggling to ransom their own people? Because when they freed their own people, when they were collecting money, they seemed to be like people who are very generous, people who are very kind-hearted. People who really care for others, you know, they will collect money and they will go and help free people. So 
any action that brought them fame and glory, they did it. Whatever suited their desires, whatever benefited them in the worldly sense, they did it. But whatever did not suit their desires, whatever was hard upon them, whatever did not bring them benefit in this world, they left it out. This is why Allah says, أَفَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِبَعْضِ الْكِتَابِ وَتَكْفُرُونَ بِبَعْضِ You believe in a part of the book and you disbelieve in the other part? You follow some commandments and you leave out others? In reality, what is he doing? He's actually following his desires. He's not actually following the deen. He does whatever he wants, he leaves out whatever he wants. What is he doing in reality? Following his desires. Because if he was following the deen, then he would follow all of the deen. But when a person picks and chooses, selects portions and rejects others, then he's just taking whatever suits him and he leaves out whatever he doesn't like. So such a person is in reality following his desires. Allah says, فَمَا جَزَاءُ Then what is the recompense? Jaza, Jimzai, Hamza. What is a recompense? May Yafal, whoever does Thalika that minkum from among you, illa except khizyun humiliation fil hayat dunya in the life of this world. There is no recompense, no recompense for a person who does this except for disgrace, humiliation in this world. Khizyun kha zai ya. When a person is made small, he is humiliated, disgraced before others. So if you pick and choose from the book, you take whatever you like and you leave whatever you dislike, then this will bring you humiliation in this world. Disgrace in this world that a person is humiliated in the eyes of others. No one has any respect for them. Because if you are fighting your own people, then you think other people will have respect for you? Not at all. This is just like if a person does not have respect for his wife, does not have respect for his parents, does not have respect for his own children, for his own siblings, and other people see him doing that. You think other people will have any respect for him? No. The moment you see somebody shouting, yelling at someone who is older than them, then what happens? You lose respect for them. You lose all respect for them. When a person is respectful towards others, then he gains respect. But when a person becomes disrespectful, then he loses all respect. So a people who do this, who fight their own people, who commit transgression against their own people, who pick parts of the book, leave parts of the book, Allah says there is no recompense for such people except humiliation, disgrace in this life. And in the hereafter, وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ And on the day of standing, meaning on the day of judgment, what's going to happen? يُرَدُّونَ They will be returned. يُرَدُّونَ رَدْ To return, to send back. All of us have to go back. So they will be returned, they will be sent back to what? إِلَى Towards أَشَدِّ الْعَذَابِ The most intense punishment. أَشَدْ شَدِيد شِينْ دَال دَال Most intense punishment. Meaning in this world, yes, punishment is severe. But in the hereafter, the punishment will be much more worse. إِلَى أَشَدِّ الْعَذَابِ and Allah says, وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ And Allah is not at all unaware. غَافِلْ غَيْنْفَ لَامْ He is not at all unaware عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ Of what you do. Meaning, anything you do, whatever you do, Allah is fully aware of it. You cannot hide any of your deeds from Him. وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ 
Allah says about such people that ulaika it is those people who ishtarahu they have purchased al-hayat dunya bil in exchange for the hereafter meaning they have given up the akhirah and what have they taken in return al-hayat dunya al-hayat is life so they have sold their akhirah to gain what this dunya they don't want the reward of the hereafter but what do they want the benefits of this world Because what is the reason that the Bani Israel were following parts of the book and were disregarding others? What was the reason behind that? To gain worldly benefits. So they were preferring worldly benefits, worldly life over what? Success in the hereafter. So, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ اشْتَرَوُوا الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا بِالْآخِرَةِ Allah says, فَلَا يُخَفَّفُ عَنْهُمُ الْعَذَابِ So the punishment will not be reduced for them. Yukhaffafu, it will not be lightened for them. Yukhaffafu is from khafafa. It is to lighten, to reduce something. So the punishment is not at all to be reduced for them. It will not be lightened for them. How? That they will not even be given a break for a day, for an hour, for a moment. No. From one punishment, they'll be taken to another. And the punishment only increase. In the Quran, we learn, فَلَنْ نَزِيدَكُمْ إِلَّا That we will not increase for you nothing but punishment. Meaning only punishment will be increased for you. The time will not be reduced of the punishment. The intensity of the punishment will not be reduced. No, it will only, only increase in the hellfire. فَلَا يُخَفَّفُ عَنْهُمُ الْعَذَابُ وَلَا هُمْ يُنصَرُونَ And they will not be helped. Nobody is going to come and rescue them. Nobody is going to come and help them. All the benefits they gained in this dunya, left in the dunya. They will not come and save them in the hereafter. All the people for whose sake they disobeyed Allah, they ignored parts of the book, they will not come and rescue them. وَلَا هُمْ يُنصَرُونَ They will not at all be helped. In Surah Ghafir, Ayah 49-50, we learn that وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ فِي النَّارِ لِخَزَنَةِ جَهَنَّمِ That the people of hellfire, they will say to the keepers of hell, meaning the angels, that أُدْعُوا رَبَّكُمْ يُخَفِّفْ عَنَّا يَوْمَ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ Call upon your Lord that the punishment be reduced for us just for one day. We want a break of just one day. It's like if you've been working the entire week, what do you want? Just a break for one day. So in hellfire, people will request that the punishment be reduced for us just for one day. يُخَفِّفْ عَنَّا يَوْمَ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ قَالُوا The angels will reply, أَوَلَمْ تَكُوا تَأْتِيكُمْ رُسُلُكُمْ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ Did your messengers not come to you with clear signs? Qalu, they will say, Bala, of course. So Qalu, the angels will say, Fad'u, then go and make dua yourself. Go ask Allah yourself. That, oh Allah, we rejected your messengers, but still please reduce the punishment for us. It will not happen. فَلَا يُخَفَّفُ عَنْهُمُ الْعَذَابُ وَلَا هُمْ يُنصَرُونَ The punishment will not be reduced and they will not at all be helped. Let's listen to these verses. وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ لَا تَسْفِكُونَ دِمَاءَكُمْ وَلَا تُخْرِجُونَ أَنفُسَكُمْ مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ ثُمَّ أَقْرَرْتُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ تَشْهَدُونَ ثُمَّ أَنْتُمْ هَا 
تقتلون أنفسكم وتخرجون فريقا منكم من ديارهم تظاهرون عليهم بالإثم والعدوان وإن يأتوكم أسارات فادوهم وهو محرم عليكم إخراجهم أفتؤمنون ببعض الكتاب وتكفرون ببعض فما جزاء من يفعل ذلك منكم إلا خزي في الحياة الدنيا ويوم القيامة يردون إلى أشد العذاب وما الله بغافل عما تعملون أولئك الذين اشتروا الحياة الدنيا بالآخرة فلا يخفف عنهم العذاب ولا هم ينصرون In these verses we see that the Bani Israel they were commanded do not kill one another, to respect the lives of each other. The same command has also been given to us. We are to respect the life, the property, the honor of one another. We cannot abuse each other. But the Bani Israel, we see that for the sake of worldly benefits, for the sake of worldly success, for the sake of fame, for the sake of worldly glory, what did they do? They killed each other. They killed their own believing brothers and sisters, their own cousins, their own relatives, just for the sake of worldly glory, for the dunya. We have to look at ourselves as well, that as Muslims, we are not allowed to kill each other. No matter what the benefit is, no matter what the gain is, we have to respect each other. We cannot insult, abuse one another. Just imagine if backbiting is forbidden, you think killing another believer is allowed? How can that be permissible? As Muslims, we are not allowed to kill each other. Why do you think so? Why is it necessary that people do not kill their own people? What's the reason? What's the benefit? When you kill your own people, you're reducing your own numbers. So you're weakening yourselves. This is a result and it causes further division amongst people. Hearts are broken up. Sometimes it happens that for the sake of money or out of anger, just to take revenge, people will go and kill their own relatives, their own cousin, their own in-laws or their own people. But what happens? Forever the entire family is cut off. Forever that entire family is injured. So it creates disunity amongst people. And we as believers are supposed to be united just like one body. Would you ever do this? That you would cut off your hand. Just because you don't like it, just because you have a disagreement with it, just because you don't like the way it looks, you will just cut it off and get rid of it? No. What do you do? Even if a part of your body hurts, even if you don't like it, you bear it, you tolerate it. Just because you don't like someone doesn't mean you go and kill them. Just so that you can get some worldly benefit doesn't mean you go and kill someone. This is in the hands of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who gives life and He is the one who whenever He wants, He will give death. We are not allowed to take our own lives or the lives of other people. Why else do you think is it forbidden? That when people kill each other, then they lose respect in the sight of others. Other people have no respect for them anymore. 
So this is why the Bani Israel were told, do not kill each other. You all are one ummah, one nation, one body. You have to respect one another. Secondly, they were also commanded that do not expel one another. Do not destroy the property of one another. Do not harm one another. Likewise, we are also to respect each other. These verses also show to us that an ummah is like one body. Because they were told, anfusakum. So it's as though if you killed someone, you're killing yourself. If you harm someone, you're harming yourself. If you're destroying the property of another, it's as though you are destroying the property of yourself. So just as you like yourself, you care for yourself, you should also care for one another. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said that لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيهما يحب لنفسه None of you can truly believe until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. Because an ummah is like one body. Then we also learn from these verses that we are not allowed to assist other people against our own believing brothers and sisters. Just as the Bani Israel were not allowed to help other people against their own. This is treachery. So likewise, we should also not do the same thing. Then we also see the contradiction in the religion of the Bani Israel. That how they contradicted themselves. How they accepted parts and how they rejected parts of the book. You know, if a person accepts a religion, he's supposed to accept all of it. But if he takes some and leaves out the rest, he's contradicting himself. He's saying, I'm a believer, but at the same time, he's proving that he's not a believer. When we accept Iman, when we accept Islam as our religion, then we are to take all of it. We are to accept and follow all of it in its entirety. We cannot pick and choose. We cannot say, since it's convenient for me, I like to do this particular action, I will do it. But this one, I don't like to do it, so I will not do it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, اُدُخُلُوا فِي السِّلْمِ Enter into Islam completely. Because if you don't enter completely, then you're neither here, nor are you there. And you're making a fool of yourself. It's like a person is trying to get into the car, but he wants to go and he doesn't want to go. He wants to sit in the car and he doesn't want to sit in the car. So it's as though he has one foot in and one foot out. And the car is moving. What's going to happen? Eventually either he's going to fall into the car or he's going to fall outside of the car. Chances are that he will fall outside of the car. And he will not just fall, but he will also get badly hurt. Whatever we like, we take. Whatever we don't like, we leave. Then we are going to end up harming ourselves. We're going to end up harming our religion. We're going to end up harming ourselves in this world and also in the hereafter. This should not be the way of the believers. The way of the believers is what? Samirna wa ata'na. We hear and we accept. And when a person follows his desires... If a person worships his desire, then what will he do? Whatever suits him, he will take it. Whatever he finds difficult, he will leave it. How will he leave it? By making a list of excuses or by coming up with loopholes to get away. Can you think of ways in which sometimes we do the same thing? We believe in parts and we don't believe in parts. We accept some and we leave some of the deen. Because we have to relate it to our lives. Otherwise we won't be able to follow this. For example, a person prays some salawat and he leaves out others. I find fajr too difficult, so I'm not going to pray. I find it too difficult to pray zuhur. I'm at school, so forget it, I'm not going to pray zuhur. At least I pray four. When you believe, you're supposed to pray all five salawat. 
that we pick and choose when we're going to support one another. If somebody is doing something that we really like, we will go and you know support them and praise them. But if somebody is doing something that we don't necessarily like or something wrong that the other person is doing, then we will go and criticize them instead of advising them in the proper way. For example, a person is buying something on haram, in a haram way, whether it's a business or it's a house or whatever, and at the same time he's coming to the masjid and giving charity. This is like if your mother tells you, can you do the dishes for me? You're like, no. And if she says, come shopping with me, you're like, yes. This is like playing with the other. This is not pure love. This is not sincerity. This is selfishness. So there are many different ways in which people will follow parts of the book which suit them and will leave out other parts of the religion that do not suit them. And they will come up with excuses, they will come up with loopholes just to get their way. And this way has been severely discouraged, has been forbidden. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reprimanding the Bani Israel. How dare you do this? Why do you do this? Why do you play with the religion? Because when a person is like this, he's using the deen in reality. Because he's using the deen for his own worldly benefits. Then we also learn in these verses that if a person denies part of the religion, then it's as though he has denied all of it. Because such behavior is not acceptable at all. When it comes to, for example, believing in the messengers, we cannot say, yeah, we only believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa but we disbelieve in others. No, you have to believe in all of the messengers. The Bani Israel, their problem was that they believed in many messengers, but they disbelieved in many. This way was not acceptable from them. No, you're supposed to believe in all of the religion in its entirety. And the people who do this, who don't follow the deen entirely, but they follow their desires, then what is their result in this dunya? That for such people is disgrace in this world and a severe punishment that will never be lightened in the hereafter. So we should be very careful. We need to ask ourselves that what do I do in the deen? Just what I like? Just what I find convenient? And do I leave deliberately knowing that I should be doing them but I leave them out just because I don't like them? Just because they are inconvenient for me? This should not be the way of believers. The way of the believers is سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا We hear and we obey. Not that we will hear and we will think and we will study and then we will see if we want to do it or not. No. When you hear, then you have to obey. Then you cannot choose anymore. It's not a matter of choice. It's a necessity. It's an obligation. And we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, لَتَرْكَبُنَّ سُنَنَ مَنْ كَانَ قَبْلَكُمْ That surely you will follow the ways of the people before you. That just as a Bani Israel committed certain crimes, you will do the exact same things. And we see this amongst the Muslims, perhaps in our own lives as well, that what the Bani Israel did, we are doing the exact same thing. And we should become very careful because the punishment they suffered, we don't want that.